0: Robots
1: Radio presents
0: You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. I am Sergio, and this week is the Multiverse Famous Patron Roundtable, where we get to discuss some topic relating to D&D with our Wizard and Deity patrons at patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast, and also some invited guests. This week we are joined by Wizard patron Bjorn Ironside and our old friend, Stuart Watkinson we were going to have our good friend Darkwing on the show but he had to go see a man about a horse and coffee I believe is is drifting somewhere in the astral sea but don't fret we have another ge- special guest for you after the middle of the show so stay tuned so this month uh, seeing as how it is the end of June we are midway through the year, I wanted to get with our patrons and with our guests and ask them what they've been getting into with dungeons and dragons wise and also just tabletop role-playing game wise the first half of this year and then also what are they looking forward to most in the second half of 2022 so let's go ahead and get just get the party started say hello Stuart say hello Bjorn how are y'all howdy how you doing hello so let's start off with you Stuart what have you been getting into dungeons and dragons wise in the first half of
2: 2022 so what i've been getting into i have been uh so i run a a west marchers campaign which some of your listeners might know about because i talk about it and share blog posts and stuff um with my friends and so we have been um we've had a few games again this year not as many as we'd liked, but things have been turbulent (laughs) in the last few months Um, and what we've been doing there has been moving from so they've been like capped out at level four but with options through feats and stuff like that and magic items to get more powerful Um, and they are now moving on to move beyond that up to level eight and to do that we wanted to have like a significant event that caused that ability um so we have me and the other dms in that group uh came up with the idea of um finding something that sort of led to the downfall of this ancient civilization that they've been exploring um so they've found these little uh I don't know, uh, they're like little uh, cubes that the dwarves made in the mines that they can uh, use to uh, tap into extra energy, um, which for each one they find, they sort of have the ability to to move up one level. Um, so that's been one of the things that has consumed me a bit. It took me a long time to sort of figure out how we would do that and how it would work in a in a setting that, that has no NPCs and uh, (laughs) uh, or no, not a lot of NPCs anyway. Um, So there was no chance of like learning from someone else. Um, Or getting getting a
0: quest that promises some sort of, you know, reward.
2: Yeah. So, so in the end, what we did was they found this tome that sort of explained um, the war that led to the end of, this civilization and oh my dog's <coughs> gonna bark oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry my dog's gonna bark my little guy gets excited when anyone ever gets here he's a those long term listeners of the show would have heard Kevin many times almost every episode that I was in Kevin <laughs> um uh yeah so so they found a tone that had like the, the history and we came up with like these five different passages that they were able to transcribe that uh, alluded to places they'd been to or places they'd heard heard of and were able to get there. Um, So that's one of the things I've been doing. Um, Another thing is I've been writing something. Yeah, I was going to say, like,
0: you don't just play these games, you actually write
2: them. Yeah, I've got a lot of... um, Little bits and pieces that I'm doing, and so um, I've been put onto a uh, in with a group of people that are working on something for uh, Spelljammer uh, on the DM's Guild, uh, which is a collection of new races and feats and stuff like that, um, and I have come up with some space traveling uh environmentalist ants Mm. that uh what sorry i don't know if you can hear that but my little girl is having a time out there um (laughs) it's getting very close to her nap time so she's just uh having a bit of a meltdown um yeah, so that's been really fun, doing working with a team of people on this. So so the guy that's uh, running that is, is quite seasoned in sort of um, running projects less, like this. So a lot of feedback, um, a lot of um, collaboration. And so I've come up with these uh, space ants called the Formica Vindexi, who um, basically mined their planet out of existence mm-hmm. um, and then had to escape on living like uh spell jammers that are like massive trees and uh they now cruise around the astral sea um dropping seeds of these huge uh trees that send them information so whenever a, a like an ecosystem of a planet or a realm or a um plane of existence starts getting out of balance for whatever reason they sort of get signaled and they Converge on that and try and uh, figure it out, and and they they, they have a lot of um, uh, charisma-based stuff, so they're, they're they're like negotiators and whatnot. But then I've also made a subclass of paladin that's like the last line of defense, sort of paladin. You know, they're like we'll we'll can we'll talk with you for a while, but uh, then we're going to get down to real business if if we can't come to a solution. Um, so that's been cool. Um, I, I I have not known. A lot about Spelljammer, uh, and so I, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading about that stuff, the the new stuff that I can find, but then also digging up the old second edition. I think it's second edition.
0: Yeah, Advanced D anD D second edition.
2: Yeah, That's, uh, And having a read of some of those books.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's very neat niche. It's very niche, you know. It's like as far as like who yeah. it appeals to, because you know a lot of what you can do. In Spelljammer, doesn't really you can't really translate that into like a regular campaign
2: yeah um, yeah but that's exciting it's, it's, and it's not quite science fiction and it's not i mean it's fan i mean it's fantasy science fiction you know um science fantasy i guess so it's, it is it is a very strange um sort of setting and so a lot of the, the you know the um i've made sort of like a table of why would these people why would the Vindexi be in your world and you know it's all about them arriving because there's some sort of imbalance or you know because they're really strange you know they're, they're sort of bipedal ants that have you know they, oh, and they like speak through scent so they they have like pheromones and so their communication is mainly pheromones and sign language uh which makes fun for some role playing stuff, you know, like you smell fear and <laughs> you know.
0: So you said they mine their uh, their planet out of existence. So that I assume because they are now traveling to planets that have some sort of imbalance, they've learned from their mistakes and and don't want another yeah, yeah, planet they, to suffer the
2: same fate. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So like they all they sort of have this. They, they know what they have lost, and they are working hard to make sure it doesn't happen to other planets um so that's yeah that's where that sort of i mean i may have been down a rabbit hole of um environmentalist (laughs) stuff on our own planet when i started coming up with that idea um but yeah that's been really really fun Uh, it's been a bit strange for DD this year so we had a in in australia this year there were some Again, there were some really huge, uh, significant floods um, in on the east coast of Australia, and uh, I actually donated most of my D and D books, except for four, to a someone. There was like an RPG relief really fund for like because there was all these people that were like, "Well, we've you know we've lost everything, lost their homes, lost their right. businesses," um, so donated to a um a business that had lost all their stuff in the floods um and they distributed for free to people in their area um rpg materials and stuff so so i'm actually only down to three uh four D books which is the core three plus um tales of the yawning Portal because i love tales of the yawning Portal. i'm always sort of digging into that for the dungeons in there and uh so yeah, this is the first part of this year has been a bit strange with D&D on oh, playtesting the Vindexi a bit, which has been cool because they're like big. So that's like a big ant with a lance. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, so you mentioned it's for the, some cool like Spelljammer stuff that's coming out on DMs Guild. Uh, should we expect it around the same time that Spelljammer comes out? Are you, are you trying to get it released around the same time?
2: Yeah, it'll be out on the 18th of August, which I think is the same day or the day after or something like that. Um, So pretty much the day that they announced Spelljammer. um, Yeah, Sven was like, hey, I'm going to do a project on this. Who wants in? Uh, And so I put through a few pictures and that one got picked up. Um, So yeah, they're timing it for the release of of the Spelljammer stuff, which I'm pretty excited about. Like I I think... um, you know, growing up, science fiction was probably the bigger influence on me aside from Conan the Barbarian. So, um, uh, it's kind of a I little both. Like-
0: it's sort of like, you, you were mentioning it's sort of like a science fantasy sort of thing. Mm. It's like, I, I, I equate it to sort of like Flash Gordon. It's kind of the, that mm. pulpy science fiction, you know? It's, yeah, like, it's sure. like, it's kind of like the idea, like the, not so much the aesthetic, but sort of like the, the feeling, the tone of like Conan the Barbarian, but in. Mm in space you know that sort of uh yeah. pulpy hero
2: yeah and just the idea of like you know action, you know literal uh sailing ships in space you know and you know th- you can have swashbuckling combat uh in you know, space space pirate
0: uh shanties mm. sort of thing
2: mm. Mm. So, so I, I think I think going forward, I'll probably be playing a bit of spelljammer stuff. I might um, set up a, a, a game with some of the local folks and and um, give that a go because it's not something that I've ever played before properly. You know, it's just something that I have experience with through reading and sort of like osmosis. You know, you just sort of like spelljammer is such a cool term, you know, phrase, word, um, and spell jamming. I really I, I just I like that, you know. Uh, it's like uh the uh the wild um wild west of space, you know, I like that. Yeah, um, it
0: should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You're an Ironside, what are you what have you been getting into the first half of
3: 2022? Uh well First half twenty twenty two, I got to play a part of a homebrew game that I'm part of. Uh, it's just one DM and a total of now what is now five players because we had one join up about probably about twenty sessions deep because my DM actually does multiple groups. How he keeps his storyline straight, I don't know because just taking notes, I screw myself up. So,
0: yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to be uh it's hard for me to be like playing in two campaigns like I sometimes forget like when I'm playing one character I want to do something and then realize like oh like this character can't do that it's my other character that does that
3: yeah so we've gotten try to get used to that and then we took a break because I just had my own little one with my wife so Mm -hmm. kind of got used to all that fun Mm -hmm. shenanigans oh yeah and it makes you feel better my daughter's also uh fighting sleep right now so it's (laughs) it's a good time but uh finally had another another session just this past sunday where it was almost a tpk and i almost Ooh. flipped the table so that was great <laughs> i got banished i was the only one up and i got banished and i just started freaking out but uh we had a nbc comeback it was actually ipc in an old uh game we played that actually ended in everyone but two people dying so she survived and lived in the plane of air and that's where we uh, left the campaign off at this point so hopefully we get another one here soon but yeah I just uh, I should have gone first that's almost the whole story right there <laughs> I mean it sounds, what, pretty, uh, it sounds pretty epic yeah what level are you at uh, at the moment right now I think Everyone except for the Rangers at 14 and she's at 15.
0: So you've been at it for a while. so A yeah.
3: uh, good bit. Yeah. Cause I want to say we started this campaign late 2020. Nice. All right. Cool, so, man.
2: That's great. That
3: is, um that is some amazing consistency. <laughs> it, well, I was just, we just try to at least get like once a month in because we have someone from PA I'm from Ohio and we all meet up in a general centralized location at one of my friend's house. And we just all try to just hammer out as much as we can in the one time we have. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's usually good. We take a small break for like dinner and stuff and then just jump right back in it.
0: No. Yeah. Like I, um, I'm in a campaign with, uh, that's been going on. I joined it, uh, in session, like, well, or rather like I joined it in progress. Um, about May or June of 2020, and we're still going on. We all meet online because uh, a couple of them live in New York. Uh, I live, you know, outside of Dallas. We've got one in Houston. We've got one in New Orleans, and we've got one in San Francisco. So we're literally like all across the United States. Uh, but we have been planning on getting together for like an extended weekend. You know, finding a location and and playing in person for the first time. Cause actually, cause the, the, the way I fell into this group is my, an old professor of mine is the DM. And so I've never met any of them aside from him. And so, and likewise, like, you know, some of them haven't met some of the other guys, but, uh, but no, yeah, like I, I love the idea of, you know showing up at like 10 in the morning you know, playing for a couple hours, breaking for a short lunch, and then playing for like, you know, five, six more hours, having dinner, and then playing for another five or six hours until you pass out at like one o'clock. Like that's if you know, if heaven's real, it's it's something close to that at least.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> um I I can't remember. It's been a very long time since I've had a, a full day and night to to game like that. So that's um that's awesome. And
0: Bjorn you mentioned it was homebrew. So what Give us some, uh, give us a little uh, description of what the campaign is kind of like.
3: So, uh, the rule is, if you have a character, you have to have a backstory, like, and it it can be as vague or like as precise as possible, but in some way, and I I love and hate this concept. He will twist it ever so slightly. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's my backstory. It'll be like, oh, like for mine, mine's a warforged who just randomly woke up in the woods and is just like, what's going on? And then I got attacked. So the people that attacked me started in my mind as like, oh, it's just a group of bandits. Well, now they're a whole malicious system after me because I'm a giant warforged that through the game, he's just like, we're going to make a Titan core. And anytime you activate it, you turn into a huge Titan form warforge and you just can go berserk i'm like oh that's cool i'll take that yeah (laughs) and so now they they're after me for that uh we have earth elementals fighting air elementals uh we've gone and oh my goodness what is his name it's not a Vernus, he's not in control of that one he has he has um the wand that it instantly touches you it kills you he's Marcus? oh my gosh yes thank you. you i don't yeah. yeah we went into his his home turf and escaped there we've been hopping around just trying not to die essentially and solve some minor problems but uh <laughs> there's about four stories that are getting crushed into one and it's surprisingly like not as insane as it sounds because he like uh, You'd think, oh, we're just going to do a checklist one by one by one. So far, they've been intertwined fairly well to the mm-hmm. point where it's just like, we just got out of Orcus's like, main palace. Okay, cool. Oh, the plane of air is getting attacked. Awesome. Let's jump there and see what happens. And then we get attacked again. And then we get like one day in game where we're just like, okay, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know. Uh, Are we going to get attacked? No. Okay, I guess we'll go and shop for things. (laughs) But it's just, it's insane because he'll essentially let us do anything as long as we don't try to break the game. That's the one thing none of us want to do because it stops being fun for everybody. Mm -hmm. So we ended up taking over a mine. And in about 20 minutes, he made a whole system of, you have this much stone, this much ore. deliver on these days is how much it's worth a whole spreadsheet and then we just ended up selling it which i felt really bad for because he took time and effort to do that (laughs) but it's just the little things he lets us do i find amazing well i
0: wouldn't it's cool i wouldn't feel too bad because i mean if I mean it sounds like he's an amazing dm who knows what he's doing and i mean and has been doing this for a while and if he's been doing it for a while he's very you know duly familiar with players like hey, like like the, it's like the the curse of the dm like uh, creating this fantastic lore and world and, and it, or adventure can't you know or uh, encounter uh only for your players to like either like just, like You know walk away from it or like figure out some way to just like completely like dismiss it and but like in a very like clever way so you can't be really mad at them but at the same time you're like i spent all that time oh well but then you can like repurpose it for later on or for something different
3: yeah we uh might have circumvented a whole like oddly enough like a pirate ship fight because uh i i'm just a zealot barbarian but we have a wizard who can cast fly and I also have what we call the Titan core that can make me go into size huge and everything, and it lets me, uh, apparently he forgot, do uh, twice the damage and basically become a siege weapon. So any structure I can do twice the damage with. So we're flying over to this ship that was just attacking a town. I'm like, I would like to fly at a 15-degree angle up to 100 feet away from the castries. like. Okay, I'll let that happen. So they were flying 100 feet above the ship. So I was 200 feet. But I asked, I message uh, the wizard. I'm like, hey, I need you to cut my spell. And goes, okay, so he cut my spell. And right before I hit the deck, I activated the core, essentially cannon bo- cannonball my way through the ship. And instead of fighting five to like possibly 15 large bad guys, I just sunk the ship and as a right. warforge i don't have to breathe so i could have just stayed in the water so uh there was a bit of frustration on his part but i was very proud of my uh goonie-esque idea that i could just be like all right we're gonna do it
0: no yeah we like to say again yeah, it's there. there's definitely some frustration but at the same time it's more like there's also like a it's it's painted with you know admiration it's like watching like your kids grow up it's like like, I'm like, you know, I can't believe like, I must've done something right for you to be able to think of something like that. <laughs> but, uh, for me, like I said, I've been, I've been doing it's, uh, this campaign now going on for two years. Uh, it's a fifth edition converted age of worms from 3.5, the old uh, Paizo adventure path. Uh, it's our age of worms. They were shackled city, I'm a huge fan of the shackled city adventure path. I actually have the, um, it's the only one that they collected and put in a hardcover book. And I've got that um, uh, age of worms is one that I was always interested in, but never got to play. And so when my old professor, Brian asked me, if I wanted to, um, wanted to jump in, I was super intrigued. It's two years later and we're still going strong. We meet up online about every, every couple of weeks. Um, beyond that, uh we did a we took a break on our Curse of Strahd campaign that my buddy was running for us uh, because of um, you know other uh, commitments school and and work and other, all that uh, but I think we're gonna start up on that here pretty soon again now that everything's sort of settled down um, and in the meantime I ran the hunt for my friends which was a lot of fun and uh, also one of my friends just like you uh, Bjorn recently had a kid and so we're trying to get through uh world eaters awakening which i found on dm's guild which is a 17th 18th level adventure which i thought would be fun because like my character or like my buddies have never really gotten that far in the game and so i was like yeah just roll up a character that's like stupid strong and powerful like let's go (laughs) for it and like have this like epic encounter uh and we're just about done with it but uh when um when my buddy's wife uh, went to the hospital to to give birth. And so he's now into like sort of settled into the, the groove of having a newborn as much as one can. And so yeah, I okay. think we'll be able to uh, at least finish up here in the next week or so. And then of course, like you know, the podcast and, and I mean, this is, you know, when, when people ask like, Oh, like, what do you like to do? Like I D and D like, that's, that's, <laughs> what I spend a lot of my time listening to reading about thinking about uh, you know I've been now in the habit of um, collecting older stuff like older uh, older material
2: yeah I have also been buying some of the older stuff like I've been buying quite a bit of um, uh, fourth edition stuff uh, out of just out of interest, with how the the combat work, combat worked and the the abilities that monsters got, like some of the abilities in Fourth Edition are really really cool and easy to um, uh, transfer into Fifth Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, like really simple stuff. Like I think it's Red Ancient Red Dragons just have an area effect that's constant every. Every round there's X amount of damage that is done just because they're they're like radiating heat, you know, like that's I just think that's super cool. Uh and uh I think it's gnolls. Knolls can if if a knoll knocks someone down, I can't remember if it's they reduce them to zero hit points or knock them prone, they can just move their movement again and take another attack. So they can just Sort of, you know, rush through,
0: like spiral through a group of people.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Just little bits and pieces like that. There's, I really like, um, and I think it's cool to sort of get an idea of where the game has come from, uh, and you know, where where it's at now. So I've I've been I've been very similar in picking up some of that old stuff. Like I picked up the player's handbook and the. And the first two monster manuals, I think. Um, oh, and I also picked up the Fiend Folio, uh, which is a original D&D book.
0: I picked that up as well.
2: Yeah, it's cool, man. And because it, it was written by like the um, the British arm of TSR before they disbanded them. So uh, there's lots of use in the words, which is fun. <laughs> armor
0: Um, a-r-m-o-u-r
2: yeah that's right yeah it's cool uh makes me feel right at home and uh there's lots of really interesting monsters and artwork and stuff so i've had a good time with that oh and i also found uh at my i'm I'm a high school teacher and in the art teachers library i found an original monster manual (laughs) That, that she had she had bought in the 70s or 80s for a reference um and I was like hey this is cool she's like you can have that I have not looked at that since like 1985 I'm like excellent yes so, I will uh, have you know, this thank you so much yeah yeah so that was a cool find um yeah I just and I, I just love all that old art oh yeah that's
0: awesome
2: I'm I'm creating has you know black and white line art and, and grayscale stuff. It's just my aesthetic that I enjoy. I think it's because I'm largely colorblind. So, um. But no, I uh, like that
0: sort of late 80s, early 90s, like black line art is like, I, I love that for, um, for just about anything. I mean, like I, um, I used to play this uh, wrestling card game called Champions of the Galaxy. It's somewhat role-playing-ish in that you use a dice to determine, uh, you know, successes or failures. Uh, and then depending on what happens, you build like the story. Like you are essentially like, like the Vince McMahon of, of the game. And so you, you can cock the storylines and, you know, put together the matches. And then some characters are, you know, more powerful than others. And so it can be a, an easy match to show this, this person's strength. But, you know, if the if the dice rolls so well in the other guy's favor, he might pull out the win. And so you've kind of got to figure out, like, exactly how, like, what, why mm. that makes sense in the storyline. It's a lot of fun. But, yeah, like, it originally had, like, that sort of, like, line art, which I, I, I love so much.
2: Mm. That's it. So I, I loved what you just said then. Like, regardless of what happens, you need to then come up with, like, whatever the dice says, you know, you need to come up with a reason for that. And I think that is one of my favorite things about gaming, you know, like it's like, I, I see it a lot. So, so one of the other things I had down t- to talk about was the D&D club at school that I run, which hasn't been able to run for a long time because of COVID, but we started up again this term. Nice. Um, and the wanting to win and roll well thing. And like, I, you know, if it's a success, <laughs> only if it's, if it's a success, is that a good thing? And there's no way that a good thing could come out of, you know, a failed dice roll. Uh, So that's something that I work with them on a lot uh, to not just, you know, know, swinging your sword and missing doesn't mean you're bad at swinging your sword. The other guy was just better or their armor was stronger or they're, they're too quick, you know, those sorts of things. Um, Because it's always this, Oh, I missed more. What, why did you miss what's happening there?
0: the dice they they don't they don't care they'll 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 roll how they want
2: the dice don't care Dice do not care (laughs) yeah that's true well
0: with that being said we're going to jump into the middle of the show so we can thank our patrons we can discuss some news and we can take a look at the aforementioned dm's guild to see what kind of shenanigans we can get into Welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show is where we take a break from the lore to one thank our patrons, two check out any upcoming D&D minis, three discuss any recent D&D news, and finally four check out the DM's Guild to see what kind of homebrew fun we can have this week. Let's go ahead and start off by thanking our patrons. This of course being the week of the multiverse famous D&D Lorecast Patron Roundtable. I want to thank those patrons who have a standing invitation to participate every month. Those patrons being of course Bjorn Ironside, who you heard from earlier, Darkwing MT, Text Ten and Coffee Bean Husky. Thank you so much for supporting the show and if you're interested in being part of the Patron Roundtable, or getting D&D Lorecast merchandise such as t-shirts or mugs or stickers or getting any of the bonus content that we release, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash d Lorecast. All the funds that we get as a result of the Patreon just go back right into the show to make it bigger, make it better. We've got a lot of cool stuff planned and those plans can definitely come to fruition much easier with your support. And of course, if you are in a position where you can't sign up for the Patreon, you can still support the show in a ton of different ways. You can go to Apple Podcasts or you can go to Spotify and leave five star reviews. You can join us on Twitter at DDLorecast and converse with us there, or you can start a conversation on the Robots Radio Network Discord. We have a text channel there. It's literally like hundreds of people in the discord, a bunch of those folks are on the D and D cast text channel. And we just talk D and D nonstop. It's amazing. It's, it's like heaven. It's, it's, it's great. And of course, tell a friend, tell, tell mention us to, to the, the clerk at your local gaming shop or the person that you're playing Warhammer with, you know, they might like D and D stuff. And as far as news goes, it has been announced that DMs Guild has announced an official partnership with Roll20, the virtual tabletop. There are several really popular VTTs. Roll20 is one of them. So it's cool to be able to uh, see this sort of uh, partnership where the stuff that you buy on DMs Guild, will it'll be that much easier to incorporate it on your campaigns that you use in Roll20. So I, the only thing I hope is that that doesn't leave VTTs like Foundry or Fantasy Grounds like out in the cold because those are definitely great in their own right. I know a lot of people are fans of those. So hopefully the creators of the content that show up on DMs Guild still have the option to support those VTTs as well. And speaking of DMs Guild, let's just go ahead and jump right into the DMs Guild corner of the week. Stranger Things is on and popping right now, y'all. Stranger Things is super hot. It's in the zeitgeist once again. Vecna is uh, trending, which is something that I never thought I would see in a million years. But it's dope. It's it's a lot of fun. And as a result, DMs Guild has a Stranger Monster sale. A lot of content uh, that has to do with the Demogorgon or with uh, Mind Flayers, or Vecna, is 30% off. Uh, you've got the original uh, Vecna adventures from, from Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, plus a bunch of like really cool homebrew content, including uh, The Rise of Vecna, which was the, is the doomed Forgotten Realms adventure that we highlighted a few weeks ago. Uh, this week, however, the title I want to highlight as part of the sale is Eldritch expansion. It comes to you from Toby Lothar and it's normally 4.99 but as a result of the 30% off, you can get the PDF for only 3.49 and it is definitely worth that price. It is 70 pages that unlocks the secrets of the far realm and otherworldly magic. So what does it contain? It contains 10 pages of lore and optional rules for the far realm aberrations and Eldritch Magic. I mean, you've got me there. You've already sold. 10 pages of lore, done. I'll buy my copy now. Uh, Additionally, it has 17 magic items, including three new artifacts, two new races, the Eldritch Scion and Rogue Illithid, a new class, Eldritch Warden, uh, nine new class specializations. Uh, Also, it has 24 new Eldritch Invocations, 25 new spells in general, and 19 New Monsters. Like I said, this is 70 pages that is just absolutely jam-packed with content. They absolutely did not you know use any filler whatsoever when making this supplement. So definitely check it out. Eldritch Expansion. It's on sale right now. Even if you don't catch it on sale, it's still only, only 4 dollars regular price, which is great. We have a link, of course, in the show notes. Definitely check it out. If you use it in your campaign or in your adventure, let us know what you think. It's it's definitely going to be worth the, worth the purchase, trust me. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and jump on back to the conversation. Ah! And before we get back to Bjorn and Stuart, I want to invite our old friend Lupus into the tower. So, Lupus, what it is, it, is the, it is the middle of 2022. What have you gotten into Dungeons Dragons-wise or TTRPG-wise first half of this year?
1: Uh, first half of this year, a lot of uh, online play, uh, a lot of epics. So, 100 people playing together online at the same time, working towards the same goal. Uh, a lot of DCC, which is like a old schools, rules, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's basically d d light, a lot easier to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Living Greyhawk, where you affect the, the campaign. All your actions have uh, effects on uh, what other people do and like uh, how the world lives, how the world reacts. Some Dragonlance, kind of getting in uh, preparation for the new Dragonlance that's going to come out at the, the end of this year
0: going to be very exciting. So the the living greyhawk that's always something that really fascinated me just the the scope of it and the amount of detail that needs to be paid attention to because like you said like everything that you do in your campaign affects the world at large which means that everyone else playing their campaigns their actions also affect the world at large. So how do you how do the I guess the people that help facilitate or run it, how do they, um, when sort of conflicts come in, like let's say like you kill somebody um, that another campaign happens to uh, save. Uh, I,
1: th- I think rule number one is don't murder hobo everything. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the general in D&D, like uh, going to town on just down uh, right. right. Or you know, burn everything to the ground, pillage it. Uh, so for that, you kind of have to take a step back and think about what's going to happen. And then I'm guessing if everything goes off the rails, just like regular D&D, it's the DM's you know, job to make it work and you know, settle the score at the end of the day.
0: So how many people are playing in this Living Greyhawk, uh, I guess, campaign?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's all through, they do conventions and online play. Uh, I've played a couple games. There seems they've got their own Discord server, which is, yeah, maybe a couple hundred people in that.
0: And this is—is is this the official Living Greyhawk?
1: Uh, I think so. They do it at conventions. Okay, cool. Gen Con, uh, they've got their own conventions because uh, I think he's based out of Pennsylvania. The main guy who runs it.
0: And you said you're getting into some Dragon Lance. Is it just playing the games, or are you also reading some of the novels?
1: Uh, going back through listening to the audiobook, picking up some novels, and then playing the games with uh, other people who are familiar with the lore, and you start to lose pace of everything that's happened, and then when you have new people jump in, you have to dial it back a little bit, because you're like, like, oh, tennis, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna, yep. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> spoilers.
0: Well, see, for me, and I mean, I obviously, like, I do a podcast where all I do is talk about lore so it's kind of like my obsession and sort of like the thing that I love the most um so like for me like jumping into that like I would want to be like already duly prepared but I can understand people who are normal and san- insane uh might not have the time or the energy to devote to, to that so that's good that's good yeah I I'm, I'm also very excited about um, about Dragonlance here at the end of the year, but we'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll, we'll talk about what we've been doing in the first half of the year, and then we'll discuss what you're excited about for in the second half. Uh, you also mentioned the DCC rules. Can you go in a little more into that for those who don't know?
1: Yes. Dungeon uh, Crawl Classics uh, have... That's from uh, from Goodman Games, right? Correct. Uh, Goodman Games It's based off of Section N, I think, of uh, the very old school books. Mm-hmm. uh it's very rules light um a lot of role playing and I don't think I have had more characters die ever in any <laughs> game setting for tabletop like I've lost so many people it's I've, I've yeah you're supposed to come through with, like funnels you start with four and they're giving me extra like I'm like I got to the end I'm like I've got no guys left they're like okay cool well we're gonna continue on we'll see you next time I'm like Uh, okay like I just lost that's that's awesome
0: I mean it's Uh. uh, a lot of people uh yeah a lot of people sort of um you know I don't know like I don't want to say like look down on uh like having their characters die but I mean this is a this is a game where that is a definite possibility and I try to remind everyone of that that you know you are playing heroes in you know death-defying adventures so now don't be surprised at all if you happen to not defy death one time
1: well i think that's how they uh help you s- uh separate uh how people become so attached to their characters with dcc you start off with a like 40 level just like a farmer or you know, a rancher or a banker like nobody's you roll your stats and plug like the them into the slot so you don't you don't choose right they just go into the you know, slots as you roll them mm-hmm. so just random people and then if one makes it out or more than one then you get to keep those as legacy characters whereas with d d you can put a whole session possibly two into just building character stats items backstory uh, and then the attachment of spending that amount of time as opposed to next to no time
0: no, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, like, like you said, it's an entire session at least. Like that session zero sort of thing is where you uh, where players come in with their characters, either you know relatively formed but want to get some uh, some like guidelines on like what sort of items they could have, or you know they're kind of neophytes of the game and come in like, I need your help building this character from scratch. And so you know, yeah, most for most of the time, it's a character that you know they. They pour a lot of energy and their heart into, and to see them die, uh, you know, because <laughs> they roll the, because they roll terribly, or because the DM happened to roll fantastically, it can be a little disheartening. But still, I mean, there's, uh, I once saw a meme that was, um, I forgot what the, um, oh, it was from the movie Up, where the old man like puts the little like pin on the on the little kid. He's like, I bestow mm-hmm. upon you my highest honor like you will be an NPC in another campaign I run. (laughs) And so, you know, there can always be something like that where the NPC or that, you know, the play character who dies can, you know, it can be set in the past and they help out or, you know, they can somehow speak to their ghost or resurrect them even. But anyway. uh,
1: D and D &D does it with our storylines. Why not with your character?
0: No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I just did uh, two episodes on Tasha and, you know, they pretty much like merge two characters together They're Like, hey, let's just go ahead and let's just make this one person uh so didn't she
1: be was like the ultimate bad guy and great but like the 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 worst person that uh because it was the circle of eight right with Morden Kanan and, Kane and, and mm-hmm. yep. uh tensor big b and then all of a sudden yeah i was confused too like when those books came out and i'm like wait didn't she used to be a bad guy no she's not a bad guy anymore okay it's a couple different okay I'm like yep well it's
0: then, you know, uh, 3.5 came out and they're like, yeah, it's just the same person. Tasha and Igwilf, they're the same person. And now that she's Bilna in Wild Beyond the Witchlight. So it seems like every edition, she has a new persona. So, which is fun.
1: Oh, have, speaking of which, linking those together real quick. Have you seen uh, with Vecna coming out? And they kind of explained, I don't know how much of the newer campaigns you've played, all the black uh, obelisks that have been popping up throughout the campaigns. So they're all over the place in like a uh, Frost Maiden and uh, Avernus. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember them from Avernus. Ev- evidently, so throughout those these last series of campaigns, like five adventure books, those obelisks lead up to Vecna somehow. Like he's been dropping those as either power points or or points of power rather, uh, right. ley lines. And in the new upcoming, like whatever they're going to release with like Vecna stuff, it's going to relate to. All the backstory lines of like him taking over the Forgotten Realms.
0: Nice that that's something that in, of course with Stranger Things being out like we did Vecna as well and uh just the way they've sort of like you know weaved him in and out of the of the lore of the of the mythos and the fact that sort of like what he tried to accomplish in die Vecna die is sort of unofficial canon as to why you know advanced dungeons and dragons is different from three point or three third edition and 3.5 so that'd be fun to see like how they sort of like wrap everything up together for fifth edition
1: yeah, absolutely
0: so you've been you've been you've been pretty busy the first half of the year it seems like so what are you looking most forward to in the second half of 2022
1: uh honestly uh I know it got pushed back a little bit where everything got pushed back mm-hmm. from Witches of the Coast, but uh, journeys through the Radiant Citadel. Uh, right. I like anthologies. I liked Candlekeep, even though it was a bit tropey. I mean, all of their stuff is a little bit tropey, um, but I think new stories, uh, them coming out with new people doing new stories as opposed to just redoing the same old stories that people came up with in D&D and they're great. You know, great authors that's why they keep reusing the same stuff it's why we keep reusing Shakespeare and Chaucer right, right? right. Uh, but new stories in D&D from new people and I, I hope that kind of leads back into bringing back like a uh, was zakara Zakara Matsuka Karator like the part you know, of Forgotten Realms that we use that just the sword coast but like the rest of it you know there's so much more to explore And they're going to have like a whole new anthology of mythology based on their cultures that we haven't seen or used before or gets very rarely used.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I I was reading the first chapter of, of it that was released by D and D beyond. And I was just giddy with excitement because just, yeah, like you said, it's something fresh and something new. It's not just another new D and D book because like you said, you know, tales from the yawning portal, uh, It's stuff that we've kind of seen before and like Curse of Strahd, like, yes, it's, you know, it's very much, it's very expanded beyond like the, like the previous Strahd, you know, adventures, the previous Ravenloft adventures, but, you know, at its heart, it's still something that they've done. They're just, you know, you know, uh, transforming it a little, making it bigger, introducing it to a new audience, so to speak. But for, for the folks that have already been introduced to it, you know, I can understand that sort of like hunger for something completely different. And that's what journey journeys through the uh, radiant citadel is it's 13 new adventures that you've never seen before. And more than likely haven't seen anything like before, you know, cause like you said, it's from uh, 13 different writers who are writing about their own culture from their own perspective. And so it's something that I think is going to be completely wholly unique to D and D canon and I'm like, I am tickled. I am, I am effing <laughs> excited about
1: it, man. There's, there's only so much you can just rehash the same, you know, like European style mythology of like, you know, dragons, and then you get into like, you know, uh, Carter where like there's, yeah, you know, Asian dragons, and you're like, oh wait, where did these come from? Well, They've been here the entire time. We just haven't explored that side of the continent. Right. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a stepping stone, you know. That they start using like other mythos and other people's you know, ideas as opposed to just the rehash, I guess.
0: No, for sure. And well, I mean, I was going to say, speaking of rehash, although I am just as excited about it, we got Spelljammer coming out. Uh, Radiant Citadel comes out uh, in about a month from now, uh, uh, January or July 2019. 20... And then a month later, we get Spelljammer. How, what are your feelings on Spelljammer?
1: Uh I don't think it's going to do well. I mean, I think people are excited for it, but um, they haven't done a great job of combining sci-fi and fantasy before with adventures. I think people are excited because it's a it's reminiscent and it's a throwback,
3: right? Uh, right.
1: Nostalgic, right? And then they get that nostalgic feel about it, and then um. I don't remember it being that great to begin with. And I don't uh, seen what they've done with like the last couple of adventure books. I don't think it's going to be anything amazing. I mean, they're buying up properties left and right. So maybe they'll come up with something that they yeah, somebody else has written and thrown it in there, but we'll see.
0: I mean, that, that definitely is uh, it's a hot take, but it's not one without merit because I mean, there's, there's a reason Spelljammer, you know, didn't, you know, it was, it definitely had its its audience in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but that it didn't extend beyond that. It wasn't, you know, wildly popular, like other campaign settings were, or other like rule sets were. Uh, and so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they're able to sort of course correct that and, and sort of figure it out. Because, I mean, yeah, like, like, I love it, like I, I dug into it and fell in love with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean, but then again, like, you know, like I said, I, I do this podcast and talk about lore, obviously, like, you know, my mind isn't, you know, normal sort of, so to speak. So the things I like and enjoy (laughs) might not be uh, liked and enjoyed by, by the mass public, but yeah, people are excited. And yeah, I, like I said, I hope they, I hope they figure it out. Like I,
1: I, I would be more excited about Planescape than Spelljammer. Planescapes are a mean, lot of fun. Yes. Uh, a lot of lore, a lot of creatures. It's with spelljammer, it's it's ships and 3D combat. And I mean, how often realistically do you use that or go into like having to build that out in adventures? You know, battles at sea, which is gonna be battles in space. So on a X, Y, and Z axis, it's yeah, uh, I don't know. No, Maybe I'm just critical, but
0: well no, and I was gonna say that's that's a lot of i think that's a a lot of the reason why it wasn't as popular as uh as it was back in the day is because the rule set sort of um sort of uh is in and of itself it's hard to it's hard to you know transplant you know what you what you can do in Spelljammer to like a regular campaign you know whereas other uh other adventures other campaign settings that you get you know, so some of those rules are, are very easily, easily transferable. Uh, and then, you know, finally, we've got, like you mentioned earlier, we got Dragonlance at the end of the year. So you're already digging back into that. So I, I can assume you're more excited about Dragonlance than you are Spelljammer.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the I mean, I grew up with, well, I didn't grow up with that, but yeah, it was one of the first uh, like D&D novels I got into without realizing it was D&D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and like all the characters, and then going down that storyline. And I haven't read everything, but I've read enough to yeah you know, be apprised. Uh, so I think it, because that's such a, a magic light. It's more token esque uh, storyline. I think it'll appeal to more people you now because steel's yeah you know, like more important than gold is, and magic is kind of yeah you know, uh, iffy. Or not know, as well known, and they you know, at one point that the gods had gone, and you've got Gold Moon and that whole storyline, and uh, the three moons that can you know are the gods and control magic, so uh, more of like a Zelda throwback to that one. So, I think there's more people notice more tie ins to what they're used to or familiar with, and right, gra- gravitate towards that.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, journey through the Radiant Citadel is appealing because it's so different. Whereas something like Dragonlance is appealing because it's so familiar, and so I think, uh, you know, what Wizards of the Coast, what you know, the tightrope act that they're trying to perform is give you something unique, but not you know so unique that you know it's uh, that you don't want to play it, and then give you something familiar, but not so familiar that you just view it as a rehash or as as, as trite or, or tired. I don't want to cast, you know, spursions on anything before I consume it. I like all. I, all I hope for is the best on on everything they release. Like you know, it'd be if there's nothing better for the tabletop role playing community at large than for its biggest, you know, I guess the biggest elephant in the room to be successful and to be not only successful but to be to put out good product, to put out good content.
1: Well, I think that's, yeah, and I think that's absolutely correct with them uh, purchasing uh, D&D Beyond and then Roll20 partnering with DMs Guild, who's basically owned by Wizards of the Coast. I was going
0: to say, we mentioned that in the middle of the show.
1: That they're going to start exploring more uh, author-created content as opposed to canon stuff and bringing it into uh, their stories because they realize they need, you know, a diversity. For sure, for
0: sure. Well, is there anything else you like to mention about uh, the first half of the year, or something to look forward to in the second half, before we let you go?
1: Uh no. I mean, I hope uh, they get their schedule back on track for D and like keep releasing new stuff. Uh, I'm kind of excited about um, what's the board game coming out? Onslaught, Dragon Slayer Onslaught. Okay. that's a and one. Uh, that looked interesting. Uh, it was like a miniature's battle game. So, we'll see. I'm not sure how what it's going to cost. I know it comes out. I think November. It was it was announced at the D D press release. Uh, whatever that was called. It's Dungeons Dragons. On, Dungeons Dragons Onslaught, something like that.
0: Excellent. Yeah, well, I'll definitely post the link to it and uh, in the show notes. Let everyone know about it. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lupus. I will leave you back to your. Uh, Living Greyhawk, your DCC, your Dragonlance, and whatever else you got cooking up in that kitchen of yours. Cool. Thanks for joining us, sir. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you very much. Good to see you, Sergio.
0: Likewise. And we are back with Stuart and Bjorn. Uh, Now that we are back, we can talk about the things we're excited about in the second half of 2022. We've talked about what kind of mischief we've gotten into in the first half. You know what kind of mischief are we hoping to get into in the second half? Uh, Stuart, let's start off with you. What what has you excited about uh, the second half of twenty twenty
2: two? Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to Spelljammer coming out. That's probably the the D and D thing I'm most keen on. Um, I'm I will probably pick. I'm pretty sure it's a three book release they're doing. Yeah, uh, which I will pick up um, and read, and hopefully play. Uh I I think I will have enough folks in the local area that would be keen to give it a go. So that's that's a good thing. Um and I'm excited for this. so this this project that I've been working on is has got, I think it's got about I'm gonna say 10 other designers that have all either done a revamp of um spell jam erasers or come up with brand new ones. So uh, as well as like expert like spell jammers and uh, f- f- feats and magic items, legacy magic ma- magic items, and subclasses. So so that's going to be pretty fun to play with. Um, I'm I'm always interested in seeing how they how the mechanics of things like spell jamming and spell jammer fights and whatnot work and whether or not it will be the same as like or similar to um naval combat in in D. so that, that's probably the the D thing that i'm most keen for next this year the rest of this year
0: bjorn how about you what are you looking most forward to
3: uh on, okay so it's probably gonna sound weird like i love when books come out but i never read them strictly for the fact that I don't want to know anything like monster race anything about it just in case the DM buys it and it pops up so I can I'll be just as confused in real life as in game like <laughs> let's amazing. see if I can hit it like I I spend my time like going through YouTube videos of like oh this is what it was in the first edition or second edition and just like this is what you could do to use it here like I try so hard to avoid learning any New thing that comes out, unless it shows up in game. But I'm uh I'm always jazzed when new things come out because I'm like, ah, maybe that'll kill me, or maybe I'll get a chance to <laughs> find one of those items. But yeah, so I'm a little weird in that aspect. For that,
0: I mean, like with we've got journeys, uh, journey through the radiant citadel coming out next month, which is another thirteen adventure anthology. And uh, does your DM does he pull? from like does he go through like the new releases himself and be like hey that's a cool idea I should use that like twist it around like you know make it my own and and fit it into the campaign or does most of what he do completely from his own imagination
3: i would say a lot of it's from his own imagination but like obviously like monsters some dungeon traps like those will be like either one of just a classic trope or i'm pretty sure that was in this book and one of the other guys will chime in and be like yeah it was it was definitely in that one because I remember it killed me or we just got around <laughs> it, like, kind right. of deal. But, like, he he definitely tries, like, to put a small twist on it, especially with uh, one of the guys. He's, like, a walking encyclopedia. And he tries really hard not to metagame. But he'll be like, oh, yeah, I know what this is. Crap. And he'll, like, try not to, like, just give it away in game. But he definitely, our DM definitely tries to put a twist. So it's not just, oh, yeah, you can do this. And it's it, it's gone. We don't have to worry about it.
0: And that's something that I, uh, that I see on TTRPG Twitter, which is like advice to DMs like, Hey, if, uh, if a boss battle is seemingly too easy for your players, give your, give your big bad an extra hundred HP, like they'll never know, like, or like give them a new ability that isn't like, you know, it's a, let's say it's like, um, I don't know, like a, like a Wraith, like give it an ability that Wraiths don't normally have. And if they say anything be like, Oh, well, this isn't your normal Wraith, obviously. And just like on the fly, mon- create a monster.
2: <laughs> hmm. I think it's I think it's necessary. I've I found that like DMing for my group has like out of the so for example, in the the West Marches campaign, there's about twenty odd people in that group. It's three DMs at the moment, but almost every player is also a DM in their own right as well. So there's there's really not a lot in any book that that you can throw at them that they haven't come across before. So there's mm-hmm. always this constant slight change, slight improvement, slight, or, or making them worse. Like so, so a, an example I've had of that is like sending through like a they called ghasts? Yeah, gas, that those um oh, they they're probably like a CR2 or something like that. Um, but they recognised them from my description and were anticipating a lot worse and I just basically turned them into minions and they got to wade through lots of them. But, you know, um, sort of just slightly changing their expectation because they they will know everything. Your comment, Bjorn, about not wanting to read things. So you don't know, is like music to my ears because <laughs> so, many, so many people know exactly what I'm throwing at.
0: Yeah. I love DMing but I also love being a player, but you know, it is in, in like, I mean, like, you know, I don't know everything, but because of the nature of the show, I am constantly reading about stuff. And, and so as a result, I'll know exactly like what something is but like, like, you know, like you said, Bjorn, about your your buddies, like I tried to do my best to keep it, you know, to myself and, and not let, uh, not let the rest of the party know, like, oh, hey, like this thing is vulnerable to fire. (laughs) (laughs) And just sort of like, um, you know, I just try to, I mean, I try to role play as much as possible, like, you know, rather than, you know, what, what I do in this situation with this knowledge I have, like, what would my character do? Like, It's Mm. like, well, you know, like he's a tiefling rogue and like, you know, if something gets aggressive with him, he's going to attack, you know, with his scimitars. So that's what he normally does. So like, why would, you know, uh, the, this, this other creature like be any different? Like, why would he, Mm. unless he already had some sort of experience with them, but no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely a a tight rope to, to follow, but you know, when, when done well. And I guess Bjorn, like yours is the the foolproof way to, to make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> just don't read any <laughs> of the new stuff. Just enjoy it when it shows up in your game. Exactly. I'm really excited. Obviously I'm excited about journeys through the Radiant Citadel just because it's, uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of stuff that we haven't seen. Um, we haven't seen before in terms of your normal, like D adventures, because we have 13 new writers writing about their own respective cultures from their points of view. You know, it's not gonna be, and, and Lupus talked about this uh, when I spoke with him, it's not gonna be the sort of like standard, uh, like Eurocentric, like knights in shining armor, sort of um, like East like, or European fantasy that has uh, been a majority of d and like I said, like, and we still got Dragonlance coming out, which is like, you know, right in that wheelhouse, which isn't a bad thing. Like, you know, I'm excited, excited about Dragonlance as well, but I am excited to see something new come into sort of the, uh, the canon and in the multiverse. And of course, Spelljammer, like it's, as soon as it came out, I mean, I, I was excited about it uh months ago before they officially announced it because i was convinced that it was going to be the next campaign setting they announced just because of their of uh, wizards uh focus on the multiverse I was like there's it's got to be spell jammer they they got to be spell jamming to the different realms that's got to be hit to <laughs> the different mm-hmm. spaces
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's and you know that's that's the whole thing is you chuck in the spell jammers now you can cruise around the multiverse
0: And so then we've got uh, Dragonlance as the second, and so we've still got a third that was announced to be uh, released in 2023, but we'll get to that at the end of year show when we make bold predictions for 2023. But no, yeah, I mean we've got Journeys through the Radiant Citadel, we've got Spelljammer, and we've got the Dragonlance uh, content that's coming out at the end of the year. So. The second half of 2022 should, should be pretty jam-packed, should be busy. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about anything? Uh, I know like uh, like I was talking about it with Lupus. I've started playing the Alien RPG at my local store. Oh, yeah, cool. And it's, man, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's so good, hey? It's, it's fun. It's easy to learn. You know, uh, it's role-play heavy, uh, somewhat combat light. I mean, because obviously you just can't be running around Fighting xenomorphs, you know every single encounter. Like those things are so brutal and deadly. Like uh, you will die. In fact, um, yeah. one of our characters didn't die, but had pretty much his arm melted to the bone. And so he was, you know, he was out of commission. <laughs> so like he, and so the the game mother had to hand the guy a new character sheet.
2: Um,
3: it's, but yeah, yeah it, I,
2: so good.
0: Uh, but no, again, I, I saw a tweet. Uh either last week or the week before, where it was basically saying like, like playing other games only enhances like your ability and your skill to play games like D and D, you know, the more, you know, breadth of experience and knowledge you can, you can cull from like the better your D and D game can be because like I say, it's, you know, you can, you're able to change it in any way, which that you see fit. You know, if you want to create a gas that is different from any gas that your that your players have ever seen before, that you're, by all means, you can do that. If you want to incorporate uh, the idea of a stress die into the game, you can absolutely do mm-hmm. that. I mean, no one there's definitely a recommended way to play D which is what is in the uh, the players' handbook and the DM's guide. But, you know, beyond that, like that's, that's, you know, I'll say it, yeah, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the adaptability of it is, is you know, why I love it so much.
2: Mm. I, I have a, adapted the, uh, the, the Troika initiative system for 5e, uh, which is essentially each player gets get two tokens. They get put in a bag. And then um, depending on the initiative score of monsters, they get, um, that number times by how many there are. So for example, if there's goblins, you've got three goblins, their initiative is plus three, I think. So they would have, um, maybe nine tokens put in the bag. So they get more turns to attack and then you pull randomly. Oh, and then you also put a token in that ends the, the round. So you can, you draw from the bag randomly and those tokens get to go in that order. Uh, Causes chaos because yeah, I can uh,
0: imagine so.
2: You never know whose turn it's going to be, but after one combat encounter or a couple of com- combat encounters, it makes players a bit more wary to enter combat because they don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to work in t- turn order. Uh, well, now I don't do that for every game, but I do I do like that chaotic approach to initiative because you know fights are not structured
0: no yeah it's not like you know it's like i'm going to hit you and then my buddy's going to hit you and then you're going to hit one of us and then i'm going to hit you again and then it's my buddy's turn after that again
2: Mm. so and like you, you know i've had situations where just all the players got to go first twice in a row yeah you know almost you know and then I've had situations where all the monsters had their turn first, um, and that causes you know, and and you know, it either causes a TPK or it causes you know everyone to want to bail and not want to fight them anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Playing other games is one of the best things you can do for your D and D game.
0: I like the idea of that. That uh, troika. Uh, initiative rules, uh, rule set because yeah, it, it lends, uh, some chaos to the initiative order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say it's, for me, I would probably want to incorporate it in a maybe like a one shot adventure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it adds sort of more to like, just the, the, you know, the briefness, the, the, the chaos of it, you know, this is going to be over in just a few, uh, mm-hmm. in just a few hours. So, it's like it's always keeping you on your toes. I like that. Mm. I like that a
2: lot. Yeah, it's it's fun that way.
0: Well, uh, speak, do you want to do you want to say anything before we head out, Stuart? Anything you want to plug or anything you want to bring up?
2: Oh, always things to plug. Um, Largshire is a setting that I've been working on. It was released uh, a few years ago now, but it's been it's gone through some developmental edits, and I'm going to be laying that all nice and pretty. Which is a it's a system agnostic setting uh, that's filled with quest seeds and intrigue and um, NPCs and tables of events and items and all sorts of stuff uh, for a seaside village that you can use in your fantasy RPGs. Um, still currently funding, but uh, will be released in pdf and print in december um, i've also got another system agnostic adventure coming out very soon uh, called uh, the rot beneath Winterbrook," uh, which is uh, about arriving into a very small village where there's very bizarre strange things happening that no one wants to talk about and uh, having a bit of a noir style detective thing that eventually leads to fighting huge disgusting brain sucking worms um
0: always a plus. and
2: yeah yeah and i've got another adventure which is already released in a uh, web-based format called um uh demons bane in the bitter peak which you can get right now uh but i've just finished putting that into layout for pdf and print which will be coming out in the next couple of months and you can grab it from my Patreon, Patreon now if you want to, otherwise you need to wait a couple of months. They're, they're the things that I've been doing lately.
0: Yeah, and we'll go ahead and link to uh, your patreon in the show notes for those of you interested. Uh, like I said've I've got a couple of your games. They're simple enough to that uh, a neophyte can start playing them almost immediately but Mm. subtle enough that an experienced gamer can, you know, also find it a lot of fun. So it strikes that really good medium, in my opinion, the games do.
2: Excellent. There's something else in the works too, but I won't talk about that yet.
0: It's on Um, on the hush hush. I understand that. Jorn, how about yourself? Anything you'd like to mention before we go?
3: Ah, no, I'm a pretty boring guy, sadly. So yeah, I'm good there.
0: Well, you'll you'll definitely have to, uh, this is your first patron round table. So we're glad to have you on and we uh we need to have you on more often so we can discuss uh discuss your your opinions on on the d and d and hear some more about this awesome campaign that you've that you've been playing for little almost two years
3: yeah definitely
0: well thank you so much gentlemen for joining me
2: no worries. just said you doodles
0: and thanks to each and every one of you listening and thank you for allowing the dungeons and dragons lore cast into your ears and into your homes and into your hearts every week. We'll be back next week with more lore, of course. And if you're interested in any of the things we talked about during today's show, whether it be Stewart's projects or the DM's Guild corner of the week, check out the show notes. We've got links to everything. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your twenties be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you
1: next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast.
3: Smart shows for interesting people.